Hi everyone and welcome to Intense, an ongoing conversation exploring the everyday ups and downs of life. What do we do with the baggage, successes and questions we pick up from life in general and do we expect our faith to be a part of any of it? Today in the chat we're heading through a world of holding on and giving up, wondering about the way we're connected to others and to ourselves, and wondering just how free is our freedom of choice? Are we falling off the narrow path? If you want to join the conversation or reflect on your own journey, then tweet us at Intent Talk or you can drop us an email to jim at ballonbaptist.co.uk. We would always love to hear from you. But for now, here's the chat. Anyway, um, so this this week's bit, um, oh, this is not going to be a chat about parenting um, because uh, that, that pigeonholes everything too much. Um, but yeah, so like this week, uh, I had both of our lovely children Monday and Tuesday. Um, I joked on on Sunday within our time together that because um, we're doing this little thing this time tomorrow, kind of talking about where we, where we'd be at eleven o'clock on Monday or whatever, and um, I said, oh, by eleven o'clock we'll probably all be in tears because it'll be me, Dane, and, and Ada um, all together with Sarah being back at work and that. Uh, and but I was bang on the money I was bang on the money because by, by half past eight in the morning Ada had been sick all over the front room bless her um, Dane had a raging temperature and kind of gunge coming out of eyes and his nose and everywhere else um, and we were all a bit like worn down and then I, I knew we had to go out and get some medicine and I flipped open the buggy to kind of like one handy because I'm, I'm, I'm a I don't know whatever the word is gold star parent now uh, flipped it open and the way it opened and I didn't have any socks or shoes on because I was just wearing flip flops and it just went bang into my big toenail um and i was absolutely convinced i'd broken my toe because it was just absolute agony you know when when it's just like a real small point of contact but really yeah. slammed into the nail yeah um so i had to sit on the floor and have a have a bit of a had a had a couple of tears escape or whatever um and ada was bless her she was very sweet she was like oh don't hope we make it better and then um i said oh she said oh can i can i can i help can i help make it better i was like oh yeah okay no, i'm just vaguely interested in what you do and then she just kind of she pushed the buggy down the hall a bit um I was like, okay. <laughs> and then she, she said oh do you, do you want do you want a cuddle i was like yeah i think i do actually uh, she came give me a cuddle that's very nice and then she just um got up and then stood on my foot so uh, <laughs> so bless her <laughs> like, the, the, the affection of a toddler that's what everybody needs um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, so this this week, like, Dane has literally this morning, Dane's gone off to somebody else for the first time. You know, he's he's with one of Sarah's friends while we're both working. Ada's gone back to nursery, like it's her her last year before kind of being of school age and that kind of thing. And you kind of, oh, I think you just kind of it's that thing of shutting the door where they they go into another space and you shut the door and walk away. Um, and kind of like that kind of thing of, I don't know, I've heard you talk about it in terms of like loving with an ache and whatever and all, all of that. And um, yeah, I think I've probably mentioned, maybe mentioned it before. I don't know. I've, I've definitely spoken about this to other people. So in a kind of sleep deprived adult brain, I'm sure people forgive me, but um, like kind of in, in other parenting spaces, I heard people talking about um, having children and how, whether you get any better sense of, whether they're okay and kind of being a bit more okay with giving people a bit more freedom and and their kind of combined wisdom was kind of um that you the the the, the anxiety levels only ever go up and you only ever have less control um and so like i know with with your children like they're they're i don't know they're they're big ones now kind of in their mid-20s mid-20s um <laughs> 
yeah and it kind of, kind of fit with does that continue to to ring true with you and and i think like i i asked that question because i think it's about control um or lack of it or at least giving giving up control surrender maybe is a better word um because i often feel like it's almost like i feel that with myself and god like how hard it is to actually surrender surrender myself to god to surrender myself to jesus and say oh, oh no actually i believe what you say when you say you know you know the right ways for me to go you know the right paths for me and i can trust in you to lead me in it and almost like uh, I, I was just struck this morning by thinking well in giving giving up my children i have to believe that 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 they're in i know they're in safe spaces we yeah we've i don't know we're, we're not just abandoning them out in the wilderness or whatever um but in some ways I, i'm i'm equally as hesitant to do that with myself to kind of be like well god you can have all of me um you can have every conversation i'm having today you can have each kind of choice i'm making with my money or my time or the things that i watch or whatever things i'm scrolling through on my device on my phone um how often i i, I don't give I don't give God license. I don't give God license to go where he wants to go with those things. I kind of snatch back the control kind of thinking that, oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to do this, what the, do the thing that I wanted to do because I'm just in the moment, I'm just going to go for it. Um, and yet like you, I know as a parent and people tell you that kind of like, if you do that with a child, then you're just going to smother them. You know, you don't, you don't enable them to flourish. You don't help them to grow. You don't whatever. And you kind of like, I don't know. I was just wondering if there's like a connection with faith and how how we can snatch it back, kind of thing. We stop ourselves growing because we're we're trying to almost hold ourselves in a safe space because we don't trust God to be who He says He can be. We don't trust in God to lead us in life in all its fullness because, like, speaking for myself, I grew up with a God that said, uh, "Let's pick, let's pick the big one." For some people, um, God says no sex before marriage. Therefore. Um, to have a God who says no sex before marriage, which as an adolescent, young teenager, young adult, you're kind of like, oh, well, that's that's the fun thing to do. That's what all society says is the fun thing to do. And God says, don't do it. But he also says life in all its fullness. So those those things seem to be at odds with one another. Can I can I trust him to do that or not? And um, yeah, I don't know. Um, for, for myself at that stage, I didn't I didn't trust him to do that. You know, I. I, I kind of follow whatever pathways were presented to me in the world. And I kind of thought, oh, that sounds fun. I'm going to do that rather than trusting God to be who he says he is. And like still, whatever, 25 years later, it's kind of like, I'm not, I'm, I, I still find it equally as difficult to trust in God to be leading me in life in all its fullness. I feel like it's it, often the Christian faith in my own head gets reduced to, like the the thou shalt nots kind of thing it's like you don't do this and you don't do that and therefore this avenue of life isn't open to you and don't do that and don't you know um but actually i think uh, am i am i smothering myself am i smothering the faith i might find am, am i smothering the opportunity to find a a more open-hearted way of being i don't know this, this is not going to turn into just a therapy session for me i hope but um, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds well, like it might <laughs> you you make you make me think that um and i think we see this in parenting well not not all parenting and and not as you say not that it's about that but because you could apply the same principle to you know our our relationship with a really good friend um in terms of you know how much freedom you want to you give each other as friends and and how much freedom parents give their children or whatever and um I, I think that I, I 
it's made me think that you know i think god i think i think i think differently about this nowadays than i used to i think that god gives us as human beings complete freedom and and that he you know he he allows us to make our daily choices about what we do with our lives um i think he's always in my understanding he's always I don't. Know, it's hard to find the language, isn't it? But I think it's always allowing us. Like he's. It, 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 I used to think, for example, that oh, there's there's one job out there for me that God has, and that would be His purpose for my life. And there's one person um, out there for me that's going to be the best fit in the world. And I, I don't. I know. I don't believe at all anymore that that's the case. I think God's much more freeing in that. If He says, if you know, if you thought you want to make a choice about what you're going to do with your life, what work you're going to do what interests you're going to have, that God would be absolutely fine with all of that. And I even think that God, to some degree, um, allows us simply to make our own choices. It's like, well, go go live however you want to live sort of thing. And that we discover for ourselves that some of our choices lead to places where we find out for ourselves that, gosh, I, I don't want to be here. I don't, this is not, this does not bring me life or whatever. And we, in a, some ways, we find ourselves navigating back to um trying to it, it makes us more interested perhaps to go back to god and say you know and search for the life that he has for us that would be the best way that we could live as it were and i think as parents you see it and i think again in friendships you see it like sometimes you have to i think with our children you you do your best simile to kind of share with them what you think would be the best way to be as a human being and 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 yet the reality is they then go off and freely make their choices about what they're going to do, what they're going to be into, what they're going to watch, how they're going to behave, how they're going to treat other people, all of those things. And sometimes they'll likely get that spectacularly wrong. And sometimes in, in its most extreme cases, perhaps they'll make choices that you as a parent have to live with, even though you can see the enormous damage that it's doing to them. But you as a parent, like I can think of friends of mine who have parented children who, for example, may may have got hooked up in some kind of addiction. And you see that thing absolutely destroying their lives. And you may have to put boundaries around family life to protect yourselves. But ultimately, you as a parent still are trying to hold them as best you can, sometimes at a distance, whatever, somehow just trying to let them know that you're still there for them. But you can't actually make the choices for them. You can't mm. stop them in a sense. Um, yeah. So I think. Yeah, I'm not sure that aren't not that you're looking for an answer. <laughs> I'm. I just think it's. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's more that it's just making me think that God allows. I used to say I used to be much more that God would kind of be much more fixed and kind of. Like I imagine a God who would, this is how you're meant to live your life and kind of almost like beat me into submission. But I think that, yeah, I, I think that God allows us to find our way in many ways. And I, it was one of the ways in which I describe, I would have described the kind of wrath of God, that the wrath of God is not him wanting to send lightning bolts to strike us when we do things that are wrong, but actually that his wrath is more about, hey, I'm, you go live how you want to live. Um, I think we see it in stories like, you know the parable of the 
both the, the prodigal sons, in a sense, they make, they make their own choices um, and that God allows them to do that. The father allows them to make the choices they do. Mm. Is that even though what you were talking about? <laughs> yeah. Well, why not? I mean, that's the point of these conversations not to be too um, whatever, to be dynamic. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, think that kind of, yeah, that kind of control element of it is, is there. And I think I'd, I'd, I'd go along with you in terms of, I think God offers us incredible um, creativity in how we go about life, incredible choice. Mm. You know, the freedom of choice doesn't just extend to whether whether you want to be a Christian or not. The freedom of choice is almost in it, absolutely everything that you do. Mm. And it's often, often it's not, it's not, am I making a good or a bad choice? Um, it's not as kind of, it's not that every choice is a buy, whatever it was, there's a buy, what? There's two of them. It's not that there's any. It's not that there's just two outcomes to any choice. It can be that there are lots, and actually, lots of them could be good. Um, in terms of, I don't know, walking into a room, who do you talk to first? Like you know, it's kind of like if you if you there's there's no necessarily right or wrong answer for that. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you can create some scenario in your head about where you need to speak to this person first or whatever, but. It, it's almost like what you're not going to tell yourself up inside by saying God, God, who is the right person to speak to first, and then getting all worked up and worried about whether you're going to speak to the right person. You just have to. It, it's, a, it's not a bad prayer to pray. No one said it, um, and just to kind of trust wherever whoever God's getting your attention with and go over to them. But like, I don't, I don't feel like if you went to somebody else and that's be a case of like getting it wrong. And so yeah, I kind of feel like a God of a creative God is always offering us. Um, offering this world to go and play in you know it's kind of like often kind of view that God doesn't just offer us like a tightrope to walk along but a whole landscape to go and play in um, that you kind of like you're getting off I don't know like I've got in my mind you're kind of getting off a getting off a bus on a school trip kind of thing and you've just got this kind of wide country expanse in front of you and you can just go go run and explore it and see what gets your attention and whatever rather than walking along a kind of cliff top pathway that if you deviate from it you're going to be smashed to bits on the rocks and you've only got the old mountain goats hanging out with you which is always a bit of a biblical image but like i'm not sure it's that <laughs> it's that helpful however however i also feel it's like I don't, I don't quite know what to do with things like um like i just looked it up to, so i'm not going to sound too learned but like matthew 7 where jesus says like enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it and so like not that that not that that completely derails me or anything but it's kind of like oh actually how how i don't quite know how to make sense of that either you know it's got i've got lots of things i can't make sense of but um you, you know it's kind of like what what does what does that mean if you're trying to frame life in that kind of more choice based maybe choice based way or, or or certainly what you say do you use the word freedom um the kind of the freedom the freedom to pursue um life in all its fullness however that however that looks or to at least however that feels that the holy spirit is leading you um that doesn't make obviously obviously that doesn't mean you make wild choices about um like abusing power about the, how you treat others about everything else i mean obviously we're holding on to the fruits of the spirit obviously we're you're doing your best to to um kind of draw near to the gods who's revealed through the old israelite law who's revealed in the person of jesus that's that's who's shaping what you do it's not the whole thing but in some ways it's that it's that pauline 
thing as well. As in Paul wrote it, um, not Pauline off EastEnders, but um, <laughs> that, that kind of he he writes about like you know everything is everything is permissible, but not everything's beneficial. And it's kind of like I that's that's the kind of view I have of life. But when Jesus says about the narrow road that leads to life, and only a few find it. I find that kind of clanging up against my thinking. So um, if either you or anybody listening can help me out of this theological hole, then that'd be great. Yeah. I'd hear a bunch of people kind of going, yeah, yeah, but that's that's because Jesus said it's only through me that you come to know the Father and it's all about knowing Jesus and everything else, which I'd wholeheartedly agree with and everything else. But the actual living it out of it, I find like it, it can't just be there's, oh, I don't know, how many decisions am I going to make today? I don't know, thousands. It can't just be get them all right, else you are on the road that leads to destruction. Like, it, 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 it can't, the Christian life can't be that. It can't be, um, it can't be following 99, 995 choices the right way and five the wrong way, and then suddenly you're on this wide path going to destruction, surely. Can it? I don't think so. I think, I, I wonder whether, um, I wonder whether it, and I don't know whether this what that particular passage means, but I've heard people say things like there's, there's an awful lot of people that can travel all of their life without ever asking the questions of, you know, what is what is the purpose of life particularly or, or, or you know, gosh, even as I say that, it kind of opens up cans of worms in some ways. But you kind of think if it's possible to go down and if that's a wide path, if it's like, we're all, tra- you know, we're all traveling through this, this life in this human life. And if it's possible to get from beginning from birth to death without ever really spending any time thinking about, hang on, wh- wh- why are we here? And what is the purpose of life? And just being at the mercy of whatever particular part of the world we happened to land in when we were born and whatever the culture was doing to us. And we just went along with all of that. I wonder whether, because when I think about other bits of the biblical story, I think how often it seems to allude to, you know, how we can just allow ourselves to be at the mercy of, and it sometimes uses the analogy of weather, you know, you're just Mm. like these waves of culture of life just toss you about all over the place. And you don't necessarily ever stop to think, hang on a minute, um, is, is what the world says about, I don't know, how we do relationships or the significance of our work or what we do with our money, you know, or whatever it is. If if I never stop to think about any of that, um, I mean, not, you know, then, then if I'm just at the mercy of whatever's going on and don't think about it, then I don't know, I'm just at the mercy of it and I end up where mm-hmm. I end up. Yeah. Whereas if, if I actually go, hang on a minute, I want to walk down this path that kind of is like, I'm going to ask some difficult questions. I'm going to, I'm going to try and fathom out why i'm here and and um i'm gonna i'm gonna do that whether that is a bit of a narrow if one of the ways of describing it is is like oh well if not many people in life bother to spend time trying to think that through that's a bit of a narrow path in a sense um then then maybe that's that's one way of understanding it because in some ways like i remember this is, I don't know if this is random, and if this is going off the point, then fair enough. But do you met there's a there's a why, Christian why, guy. Why change, why change the habits that we've got? <laughs> there's a Christian guy that we both listen to called Shane Claiborne, and Shane Claiborne said when he when he tells the story of how he transitioned from being somebody who w- wouldn't call himself a Christian to somebody who did, he he said he he doesn't like those testimonies of other people that say things like, "Oh, and I met Jesus, and my life was just transformed." He said he said. 
Jesus totally messed my life up. And, uh, and, and he says it because he said before he understood who Jesus was and what Jesus said about life, he said, I never even thought about how the next person down the street was my neighbor and I had a responsibility towards them. Or I never thought about what I did with my time or what I did with my money or whatever. Suddenly I was having to think about all of these things. Mm. So he said it became this real challenge to his life, but he would, I think he would say he's really glad of it, but he said it's, it offered a real challenge rather than, Oh, it just made everything all right. Yeah. And and I think sometimes people, and that's, that's, and and he said, I've he said sometimes I wish I'd never made the decision. Like I, I wish I'd never made. I wish I'd never got on that that path because it was like I didn't even have to think about that before. I just thought about myself and what I was doing with life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way of thinking about it. I think. Yeah, interesting. I I I've always liked that that Shane Claiborne thing. That kind of like was it Jesus ruined my life or whatever. Like it's. Um, I think that's a that's a helpful way in, of kind of just thinking about how. How how do we? I don't know. Let's go back to what I was saying at the beginning. Like, how do we surrender? How do we allow Jesus to? A lot of people are kind of deconstructing their faiths. Like, but how do we actually allow Jesus to deconstruct what we previously would have said was success in life? Are we mm. or are we just looking for well, God? To, are we just looking to God to rubber stamp our plan to own a property and get a good pension and um, you know those, those kind of things, which are unquestionable, meritable things in our society for heck knows what reason that kind of you have to own a property, you have to have a pension, you have to have some sort of success and I was in some sort of security and stability. Um, but, and yeah, I don't read that in the Bible at all. But if you, in a church community, started banging on about that, then people look like you, like you laid an egg. I love that. I love it when people do that. And you've just done it where you turn something on its head. Like you said, you know, in, in if um, maybe people listening haven't heard of that, but this language of how we almost taking the higher ground saying we I'm deconstructing the church or I'm de deconstructing, you know, the biblical story or whatever. I've never thought about, and I find that really helpful that what about asking the question of whether Jesus tries to deconstruct us in terms of deconstructing the way we think about things. It's like, I remember hearing a guy say, you know, people get very choosy about what they read in the Bible and he just turned it on his head. He said, it's not about us. It's not about us reading the Bible. It's about the Bible reading us. I thought, ooh, I like that. Like it's like sometimes just in that sense of if I it flips my thinking around, I think, oh, I never really thought about how the Bible reads me and kind of challenges the way I live. I've just got an image of your Bible with a big set of googly eyes stuck on the front of it. <laughs> Isn't that helpful? It's got, it helps anybody. it's got quite a job on its head. Yeah. It's got quite a job on its head. But I quite like that. And I, I find that actually helpful. It's almost like... Um, going back to what you were saying in terms of like as a parent or or a friend, whoever mm. walk, you know, and I'm, I've got a book on my shelf, like, like many of them that I haven't read yet, but I keep meaning to and it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's a, it's a book that's based on the story of the, the disciples who are on the road to Emmaus. So those two disciples after Jesus dies on the cross, you know, the, and, and his followers at that point scatter. You know, there's that moment where those two disciples, I can't remember their names, that are on the, the road to Emmaus. And and that becomes this kind of picture of walking away from Jesus, not really understanding what's going on. Um, and this book is all about how we are all on the road to Emmaus. It basically says we're all on the mm -hmm. road to Emmaus. And I think, without mm -hmm. having read the book, I think my understanding of that is 
in life as a human, you're always, as you make your choices, as you go about your life, there's a sense in which every now and then, and this is, I find it quite a helpful image. I might make spectacular mistakes. I might, I might take up habits in my life that are dreadful for me. I might go against what I think, you know, I think, oh, actually I really enjoy, I don't know, to your thing earlier on having sex outside of marriage or whatever. Um, and people that, do that. That's, in that, that's, the, that's the little snippet from this podcast. I'm going to snip out and uh, put all over social media. Steve saying that. But... <laughs> what did I just say? <laughs> I really enjoy having sex outside of marriage. <laughs> Help. <laughs> um, but I think, that image, actually, I wonder if it's helpful. I've never really had this thought before, but that because that in that story, in Luke's gospel, Jesus comes and joins them, and then initially they they, they don't even recognise him, do they? Mm. Um, mm. But and then he just asks them what they're talking about and what they're trying to work out. Mm. And I quite like that image, even right now. Thinking when you think about the freedom that God gives us, that. I love the image of like a parent might do with a child or a friend might do with another good friend that you might come alongside a friend and say, Hey, what are you trying to work out? And you lovingly try and help them work something through to the point where they might change a behavior yeah. or they might make a little bit of progress. Mm. I think, like, is it possible that the God of the universe works in our lives like that rather than just dictating to us? That's a really good, I like the, the old um, road to Emmaus thing. Like, because I mean, you could you could always view that as a a thing of life that kind of throughout life Jesus journeys with us and he asks us questions and everything else, but it's only maybe the end of it we fully realise. Oh, hang on, he's been here the whole time. Yeah, that kind of it's only whatever whatever day of reckoning you want to talk about or whatever. There's it may it may only be at the very end that all of us are kind of going like, oh, actually he's he's been with us the whole time. Um, so just, that's true. What do you think? What do you think then is the? Because I like that image of that part of the story. So, what's the significance of? Because the bit, the the moment, or in their particular story, is the moment they recognise who he is, is when he breaks bread with them, when he shares that food with them. Mm. And I think is there something in that that you kind of think? Are there moments in our own lives where? I don't know. Some some, some our understanding of of God or our knowing Him. In relationships, sometimes there are moments where there's a bit of a breakthrough moment or a bit of a, mm. is there something in, in that bit of the story that you think is helpful in what we learn about how to be friends with others as they, as we go with each other, or again, even in that sort of parenting or even in relationships we have, like in the, like we've been talking quite a lot recently as a church about how do we, how do we walk with each other? recognizing that it's highly unlikely we're going to be you know in agreement with each other or even all like each other but you still try and walk along with each other yeah yeah well i i yeah i don't know you know that's your question i don't know what role that plays but yeah like like you're saying i think it's i think it's vital well it's not vital it's important and powerful um the the allowing of god to offer us something and us being attentive to what he is offering us, um, whether that's a daily kind of questioning or openness to it, but but likewise taking it far more literally in terms of of breaking of bread, of sharing food with other people, you know that 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 actually is where is 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 where life gets in a lot of thing time. Don't know, just the space to slow down, the space to think, the space to to listen, definitely. 
Right. I think I, yeah. I think I think it's a good point. Um to bring in um uh an email we had uh, the other week from from Christine. Um so I'm just gonna I'll read it out to you so you know what's what it's about. Um but yeah, it's good, just good to hear from Christine. She said, it's great to have you and Steve back on intent. I'm going to give her a quid later, definitely. <laughs> so, <laughs> listening this week, I was struck by what you were saying about the difficult seasons of life we find ourselves in. I feel too that we need to be prepared for things that happen to us, and yet I struggle when it comes to it. Just the bombardment of stuff that happens brings a sense of not being able to cope and hang on to God and his promises. And yet God goes before us. Nothing can separate us from his love. She says, the beginning of James says, consider it joy when trials come. I've been thinking about it, but struggling with it. However, he writes this because the testing of our faith produces endurance and we will grow and mature and lack nothing. She said, I found some old notes I made from sermons from 10 years ago. One was by Charles, uh, one of the pastors from, from this church community a few years ago, about connecting with God in a crisis. He said that when we are crushed or confused, we most need to focus on God. Job lost everything and he continued to worship God. He kept trusting, believing God was there and listening. We can trust God for his strength. And I think kind of what 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 you've just been saying, Steve, that thing of um it can be so hard to hang on to God and his promises, and yet God God goes kind of before us and with us, kind of if you want to push the road to Emmaus a bit, like he he's he's both the one who's with us on the journey, asking us the questions, and he's also the one who prepares that table um for us to meet with him around um hmm. what was that freight you saying that it made me think of another um lady's part of our community who i don't know whether you saw the communication i'm trying to think of the phrase she's which if i forget it's going to be useless in this moment we can ed- ed- edit it out oh who's who's, she, who's, she... who's going to edit it out <laughs> that'll be you <laughs> making problems <laughs> she quotes Pete Gregg, the guy who wrote, um, who, who's done a lot of writing on prayer because you know he leads that twenty four seven prayer network. Mm. But he said, um, "Oh, what was it that in a in a crisis he doesn't lift you out, but parachutes in?" Yes, that's it. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, cool. That's um, again. It. I th- I think so often we want we want a God who just we look for a God who is just going to make everything all right. And and we find a God who, as as that phrase is sort of parachutes in, come you know what is it that John's Gospel starts with that sort of phrase as you know people have put it in all sorts of different language, but basically a God who who moves into our neighbourhood, mm. it just just comes into our situation and actually and actually doesn't even doesn't say it comes in and then tells us the right way to be just moves in alongside us and and when you look at the way in which Jesus seems to operate with people um he rarely i don't know he's just got this masterful way of trying to offer truth but but with a posture of grace the whole time and i mm, think mm. whether that helps us in all the different ways in which we try and help other mm. human beings as to whether we're older human beings trying to help our little human beings as they grow up or whether it's you know, more a kind of peer-to-peer thing, whatever it is, it's like, wow, that. Well, I, I hear that in a very different way in that um, I think now as a parent, I know that Jesus is on the road to Emmaus with my children and he'll be there the whole time. And therefore I don't really need to do anything. I can just like, I can parachute myself off somewhere else. And um, 
put my feet up knowing that God's God's got them. <laughs> and therefore, when you have to drop them off somewhere and you shut the door and you walk away and you've got tears in your eyes that God's there somewhere. Um, I hope. But there's truth in that. Are you, yeah. are you joking or are you serious? I can't tell. I can't tell anymore. You know, I, I, quite often I say to Sarah, like, I, I say things and I'm not even sure if I'm sincere anymore in what I say. <laughs> but there's truth. I've heard. I've heard. So I. I wondered whether you're being serious because I, I, there's truth in that. Because I've heard somebody say that in terms of our tradition, the act of dedication that we have when a child, you know, when a child's born, that part of that is recognizing um, that this child, this human being, is a gift to us from God. Therefore, in one sense, is not our possession. They're His. So there is a sense in which. The ongoing dedication act is that as parents, you rededicate these children back to God to say they're yours. It's a bit like Moses says to the people, like when he goes to God and he, he's he's worried about where they're going, he's like, they're yours. You know, you need to do something with them. And I think there is there's something in that. And I find that quite comforting as a parent. And I think even as friends, you can think the same way. You could say, God, that that friend of mine, that mate of mine, you know, I just spent a bit of time with them, but I've got to put them back into your hands because I – I don't yeah. have the capacity to love them or be with them in the way that you do. And they might be making dreadful choices, but I just try to offer them something for a bit. I, I as a parent, try to offer them something for a bit, but I hand them back to you. Gosh. Are we, are we finishing our chat with an actual piece of wisdom? <laughs> Let's, stop. Let's stop there. Boom. Cut it off. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thanks for listening. How much freedom do you feel on your own journey of life? Have you been funneled in directions you're not sure you wanted to go? Where would you have gone otherwise? Tweet us at Intent Talk to join the conversation or email us through jim at ballonbaptist.co.uk. As ever, you can find out more about the Ballon Baptist Church community through our YouTube channel, or you can find us on Instagram at Ballon Baptist. We'll see you next time.